0: Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show, uh, usually older movies, and on this episode, Connor picked this movie, Uh, he's been wanting to watch this for a while, I've already seen this actually, I've already seen all of this trilogy, but we are delving into a classic Japanese samurai trilogy, not by Akira Kurosawa, because usually when you're talking about classic Japanese samurai movies, that is, it's not, it's not such a weird thing to assume it may be a Kurosawa film. That is not the case here. This is the Samurai trilogy directed by Hiroshi Inagaki, and this is the first one, this is Samurai One, Musashi Miyamoto, uh, and this was a trilogy that was released very close together. They, they, this was very well planned because this came out in 1954, 55, 56, so it was very consistent. They kind of had it all ready to go. Um, so, well, I say that I, I don't mean they made it all in advance. I just mean, you know, it was they, boom, they boom, scheduled boom. it well. Yeah. So, um, that's what we're going to talk about. We'll start spoiler-free, as we always do. We'll warn you somewhere in the middle before we go into spoilers, and we're going to talk about it. So, like I said, I've seen this before. This is the kind of the origin story of the trilogy. This is the story of how the main character kind of becomes, at least starts his journey to really becoming the samurai. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what the what it is about. His name in this is a little bit different as to what it becomes. It starts off as Takezo, and we'll get into that more properly in spoilers, but in this movie he is Takezo, and him, he, convinces, he convinces his buddy, um, at they're in a small village, there's a war going on in Japan, and they, he wants to join up and be get famous for being a war hero, and he convinces his buddy to join. Even though his buddy's engaged, and he's got a mother that he's leaving behind, he convinces his buddy to come with him. And it doesn't go so well that <laughs> their side loses the war. it all goes to shit, and they end up seeking refuge in a in a, in a small house nearby that's you know, well I say nearby it's walking distance in some capacity from the battlefield with this widow and her daughter and things take a bit of a turn and eventually Takezo is a bit of an outlaw being chased down and it's kind of like his journey to maybe like not being so angry where he can go from here. Uh, and there's more to it than that, but I want to save it for spoilers, basically, yeah. um, when we get into it. So, I suppose I'll ask the question. Cora, did you enjoy Musashi Miyamoto, the first samurai movie? I did, yes. Uh, like I
1: say, it was it was an origin story, which I wasn't actually expecting, because I didn't know exactly what it was. I just, you know, I knew this was a, a well-regarded trilogy, and I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's pretty much all the information I had going in.
0: Yep, I, I actually blind bought the Criterion collection of this, the, the trilogy, um, like... I don't know when it came out. Whenever that Blu-ray came out, like a while ago, seven, eight years ago, whenever it was, um, and I, I, you know, I, I watched it for the first time sort of soon after that. Um, so it's been a while since I watched them, but this this was uh, uh, I liked it a lot. Like I'm happy to be watching it again. Um, I I loved it the first time. I maybe even loved it a bit more this time. Um, I think going in knowing where the story is going to go over the three movies and sort of. Seeing the building, because I remember watching the third movie maybe like a year after I watched the first one. I kind of spread them out a little bit. It was like, you know, I watched the first one maybe six months later, I watched the second one, and then the third one was maybe another six months after that. And I, I think I remember when I got to the third one, I remember being like, oh yeah, I'm I maybe struggling to remember some of the stuff in the first movie now. <laughs> it's been yeah. a while. Uh, so it's, it's fun coming back and watching the first one again and being like oh no no i know where this is going i know where, where this is setting things up and what it's doing with these characters um and i think what's interesting about watching this is that it's definitely the first part of a story because there's several threads that are left open and it definitely ends with the the story's just beginning we're just getting started here um and i like I actually kind of like that I, I like how um because i think a lot of the word th- trilogy gets thrown around a lot and there was a time when really most trilogies weren't really classified as trilogies because trilogy once upon a time actually meant no no the whole thing was kind of kind of planned and semi written before they even made the first one and it was all kind of finite and that's not actually true for most trilogies that we think of right it's it's not true for most of them
1: no Uh, a reasonable handful
0: but a handful, but not most of them. And Lord of the Rings is obviously a big exception. That's definitely a trilogy because it was all written in a book form. Oh, absolutely, first. yeah. Uh, that one's un- undisputable. But there's, there's definitely others where it's like, nah. I mean, like Back to the Future is a trilogy, but it was they didn't actually plan the sequels until after they made the first one. Yeah. Um, and you know it's true of a lot of them. So, uh, whereas this feels like, no, no, no. This was like a serialized three-part story that they they started here. And it does, and I actually I think one of my favorite things about it is that it does take a character who, he's not unlikable, but he's definitely not a hero yet, and he's he's kind of an angry guy who is just doing things for the fame and the fortune, and (laughs) I I want to be recognized as a samurai without actually caring about the honor of being a samurai. Yeah, it's not about being a samurai; it's about just the position. Yes, um, and it kind of takes him, and I love that the. Because normally I hate when we get like love triangle things and whatnot, but I actually really like how this movie, fr- from the start, from where it starts and where it ends, and who's with who, who cares about who. It completely develops in a really kind of natural way for me, especially in a movie like this where it's set in feudal Japan, where, you know, the it, romance is not like it is now. It's kind of like when you watch a movie from like the fifties and like a couple like date and then they'll be proposing within a week of meeting. Like that, that's like you know, we're in love immediately. Like you know, yeah. this has kind of fallen into that a little bit in the sense that, you know, everyone's immediately, ah oh, you know, hold me, we're in love. Yes, yeah, that's that's what we are already. Uh, but I actually kinda like how this this kind of it's almost like that's how it starts, but then over the course of the film, actual real relationships grow out of the events. I actually think it's really impressive for the time period for that to happen. Um, To the point where I actually kind of cared about the robots, but by the end of it, I was like, they didn't take this too far. They they didn't like go all sappy with it. It was just enough to know how they felt, and then it makes me care for coming back for later.
1: It's it's because it's not rushed. Exactly, it's not rushed. Yeah, even though you know things move quickly, it's not like uh, unreasonable. Is is the point? There's not too much of it. It's just just you know, okay, here's just the right amount for this bit of story
0: yeah yeah um, honestly my my only complaint really about the movie is one pretty obvious dummy at one point that was really bugging me uh there's a horse riding scene uh where it's both uh Takezo and the uh the uh, what was her name Akemi the the widow's daughter yes. and she's on the horse with him and she's he's like oh no I can't do the you know the, the, the rough riding with the horse but you're on it you get too scared you'll scream' said like, no don't I, I won't scream' Like no go do it. What are you a coward? And he's like, you call me a coward? All right, fine then. And he, you know, gives the horse a good slap and they start riding off. And of course, she starts screaming. But every time it cut to the waist shot, it was very clearly a dummy that was in the guy's lap, like the stunt yeah. rider. And it was just really, really obvious. And I was, like, oh god. Because <laughs> I think what's interesting about this film actually it's in color, right? And that's that's worth mentioning because this is 1954. This is this this is the same year as Seven Samurai, uh, just from memory, which was black and white. And it makes me yeah. wonder, actually. It makes me wonder if this was either higher budget than Seven Samurai, and that's why it's in colour, or did Kurosawa make the choice not to do it in colour with Seven Samurai?
1: Yeah, I could see the way... I feel like Seven Samurai must have had a higher budget. It's doing a lot bigger scale thing.
0: That's true. And Akira Kurosawa was already like a huge director in Japan, and it's also worth mentioning that he stayed working with Black and White into the 60s, so... There's a good chance that that was just a choice on his part. Yeah, it might be just he—he he
1: likes it. He knows what he's doing with that, yeah. you know.
0: Of course, he did eventually switch because there are there are films in, later in the '60s and stuff that, that are on color from him. Obviously, you eventually get to Ran and stuff in the '80s and whatnot. But the reason why I'm bringing this up, it's in 4x3, so uh, it's definitely of that error in terms of the, the, the shape of the ratio. In fact, if you want more, more about aspect ratios, coming up for patrons soon, very soon in fact, uh, when this goes up, it'll just be a couple of days until your aspect ratio episode, the the, the inaugural episode of 1.21 extra, will be going up.
1: And that's for the patrons. <laughs> that's for the yeah. patrons
0: only, yes. Yeah. yes. If, if you're
1: watching this on YouTube... That's already there.
0: So go and pull a Patreon, and yes. you can go and check that out. Yes, I wasn't planning a stealth plug there, but I started talking about aspect ratios. It was just too good to pass up. So, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is actually is because there's actually moments in this film. Where I'm like, damn, this is really beautiful. Like, there's actually some really great shot. A- anytime it was doing like the landscape, or like there's a, at one point he's like standing in front of a waterfall, and I'm like, this is really pretty. <laughs> yeah, it can show you. It's, it's really good shot composition. Really good shot composition. Really good colors. I feel like, like. Again, this is the early days of color film, right? You know, obviously there was so some of kind 40s. of almost
1: overdo it because yeah. it's like, oh, we can do this now.
0: I almost feel like you know, movies now, like I mean, obviously it depends on the movie, and sometimes a more muted palette is what you want, and sometimes it's not. But I, I do kind of, I, I love kind of the excitement here, the glee of oh, we can have color. Let's just have colorful everything. Like,
1: no, it, it's it's true. it happens all the time. It reminds me of uh, when we first got stereo sound, uh, and the Beatles mm. were like, "Screw it, stereo everywhere!" and it was insane. <laughs> Like it's all over the place for, like, two albums. And yeah. so this, this
0: feels like that. It's like, oh, we've got colour, let's go for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing's allowed to be black or white. We, were, we had yeah. black and white for so long, Every, everything's a colour. Exactly, yeah. That's what we're doing now. Um, so... So, no, it's a really pretty film, actually, in places. I, I think the performances are pretty good. Uh, of course, Toshiro Mifune, who's, a, who's the lead character, who is the guy who's often in the Kurosawa films. He's teamed up with him numerous times. I love that even when it's not a Kurosawa film, he is still the number one samurai in he, Asian he cinema. He is <laughs> basically what everyone thinks of as samurai. Now, if you think he of is, a samurai, yeah. you picture him. Do, to, do to get... So, again, he's in Seven Samurai, right? He's in that movie. And all they've really done is shave his face but he legitimately passes for being much younger in this. He does, yeah. Now, admittedly, there's a, there's a time jump at the end where he does look a bit older again, and I'm like, almost to the point where I'm like, did they, like, shoot the first chunk of this, like, five years ago, and then come back? <laughs> Just to make him look a bit older when the jump time? Yeah, I mean, some really good makeup work, maybe. And it must have been, yeah, uh, And uh, but, you know, it, it's really convincing, um, and I, I liked, but what I liked about it is that I didn't even really recognise Mifune. I knew it was him. Like I just knew it was him from the the, the box yeah. or whatever. But I didn't really recognise him until the end when it jumped forward and he looked older. And I was like, oh, now it looks like Mifune. No, no, I yeah. recognise him. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I was, just, it was like, all yeah,
1: movie I'm watching, like, I know it's him. I can see it because I know it. But it gets to the end and I'm
0: like, now I see it. So I'm just I'm recognising a photo on the MDB list here. I'm gonna check and just confirm this is who I think it is. Yeah, the guy with the eye patch from Godzilla. Uh, he's in this movie. <laughs> How was he? Yes, Uh, Seijuro Yoshioka. Uh, He's he was in this movie. He's the guy. He's the scientist with the eye patch in Godzilla. Um, (laughs) um, So that was the character's name. Uh, uh, Akiko uh, Hirata is the actor's name. But hey, so so no, you got the battle scenes. what I think is interesting about the battles in this is that there's not a whole lot of actual violent bloody to the death fights there's like there's, there's one or two deaths like that but for the most part it's just him trying to evade and trying to like get away uh, yeah he, he's got like instead of gotten he calls it a wooden sword when he said that to the per, he said to hand me my wooden sword I thought it was going to be just like a wooden sword it's not it's a pole <laughs> it's a yeah. wooden pole not a stick I wouldn't quite call it a stick it's too furnished to be a stick yeah yeah no it's definitely a a belonging it's a possession it's not just something you've picked up off out of the woods yeah it it looks varnished you know and made yeah it's a a made thing but uh it's a pole (laughs) it Uh, it is yeah And that's basically what he's rocking for most of them he's just hitting people with his stick (laughs) it is it's funny you say there's not
1: a lot of you know death and and there's not but you know and even when there is it's kind of just it's kept out of focus at at a distance i'm thinking uh, you know Mm. by the water uh, yeah, like one of those. Like there, it's just okay. That happens, and you you see it, and you know what's happened. But it's kind of just kept at a distance, so you don't get a close look at it.
0: I think what makes it work is that so much of it's him just trying to evade and be stealthy. That it's more it's more like a game of cat and mouse, and you want him to get away. Uh, well, if yeah. you, if if you even do, I like, I don't even know if in the first watch you're necessarily completely rooting for him. Even even though you know that by the point he's on the run, not everything that people think about him is true, right? Because keep in mind the the opposing army won, so he's just kind of a war criminal by default because he fought on the other side. So even though he goes back to his hometown village, the like you know it's like no, now they're in command, so that's why he's kind of on the run. But we also see him being accused of things that he didn't do and various other things. So even though he's not exactly a perfect person, he's definitely flawed and corrupt, and you know he needs his arc, which is kind of you know what the movie's about is him eventually learning. He needs his arc, uh, but you're kind of written for him in that sense.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And I think what's great about it is that we kind of view him through Otso's eyes in a lot of ways. Otso's kind of, even though she's kind of the the innocent, you know, would-be wife of uh, of Hatchie, she's the one who kind of doesn't just immediately assume that he's awful and kind of sees that, okay, even through all this anger and through the, the, the possible danger, there's something in there to recognise. So she's kind of our, our eyes for, for a good chunk of the film. She is, because like you say, you know, uh, for, for me, first
1: viewing, you know, I, I haven't got any attachment from you know whatever his character is over the next two movies but it's almost like okay i know he's the good guy ultimately i know he's the guy i'm following so i'm um, you know you're, you're rooting yeah. for him just on that and and she's kind of the same she's like yeah okay i kind of know there's something in there
0: yeah um and that, that's that's very much how the film plays out there's this very it's a 90 minute film it's very a tight pacing wise does not yeah. drag it goes through its beats it's actually kind of impressive how much plot there is it kind of bounces back you know you know, he goes off to war. They find this house. Then he ends up back at his village, and then there's a whole section there, and um, it it does move briskly through its events. It's very tightly paced in that sense. I think it's a very strong script. Yeah, I agree. Um, there
1: there isn't any wasted time whatsoever.
0: No, um, yeah. and even when it does stop to like appreciate the scenery, it never goes on so long that you feel like it's dragging things down or it's or it's padding or anything like that. No. So. So yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, anything else before spoilers. We should just, you know, overall. Mu- actually, music. I really like the music. Uh, the main theme yeah, is it's really strong. I, I, what I like about it is obviously it sounds of the time, but at the same time, I can al- I can almost hear. It almost feels of a later era. The actual theme, like it, it obviously, it sounds like the instruments that it's using, the the quality of the sound is of the era. But the actual heroic theme that's playing at the start and you know a couple of times throughout, it feels like it's of a later generation.
1: No, you're right. Uh, you know, music is very similar to what a lot of the movies were doing in the '80s. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I mean, a bit, a bit ahead of its time there for sure.
0: Yeah. So I like the music. Uh, so yeah. So we'll, we'll full spoilers though from here on out. Uh, this is Samurai One, uh, Misuashi Miyamoto. So this is the story of how he eventually is kind of turned into a samurai. He he's you know he's on the run. He, they, 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 him and his friend, who he convinces to go to war with them, uh, they're basically the grunts. They're digging the trenches at the back. Yeah. In fact, that's almost a really darkly funny scene when we just see like the soldiers, like they're just running back and they're like, "Hey, stop digging! There's no point. Just start running!" And they're like, "Why?" And they're like, "We're all dead. They've won. <laughs> We're doomed." And they just get kind of angry, and they have to yeah. they have to go on the run. You just got their head sticking up out of the trenches as well at this point. Yeah, and you get a really interesting set of characters, and I, I think one of the things that really tells me this is planned out over multiple movies is the character of the widow and her daughter. I think their stuff because they've got like a chunk here where twenty minutes or so is is at their house and they're they're part of the movie. But they set up so much about, especially the widow, like how her as a character, where she's kind of devious, she's kind of she steals like dead, you know, belongs from dead samurai and soldiers and sells them. There's these bandits that come around, and and you almost, it's kind of funny that this came out at the same time as Seven Samurai, because it's almost a subversion of that type of plot. Where it is,
1: this is based on uh, some books, right?
0: I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I mean, it makes sense to me that this, you know, I say it, it was planned in the sense that. Sure, they they were banking on getting the next movies. Sure, yeah, but uh, yeah, there, there there was material there already for them to draw on,
0: but because they introduced these characters and she she's stealing stuff from the dead, um, she like the the daughter like tries to like throw herself at uh, Matahachi, who or sorry, sorry, let me correct that she throws herself at uh, Takezo. Matahachi on the other hand. Uh, when, because he gets wounded a little bit and she's like tending to his wound and he gets kind of like caught up in the moment and he like goes to kiss her kind of forcibly and she, she doesn't even know about his, his, his fiancee at this point she, she just kind of runs off and she finds it from Takezo afterwards but he he's kind of guilty about it he's like oh please forgive me So I mean no one's seen him do it other than her but he's just like oh please forgive me you know what have I done because i have been here they've been hiding here for a couple of months at this point from the, from the soldiers and then later it's the widow who throws herself at Takezo because the daughter just seems to generally like him and wants to like you know be with him, and he's like, ah, women, we doing something silly, and the mother and the widow ends up throwing herself. It's actually not until after the bandits come and he fights them off single handedly. He like, just takes them all out with his stick. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what he does. Again, it's a pole. I'm just, I'm adding, I'm sort of a stick for comedic effect here. He beats them all off with his stick. he, he grabs one of their spears as well uh, during the fight. But he does all that, and the widow then kind of, like, oh, you're a real man. You're you're not like uh, that other one who's who's weak and whatnot. You're you're a real man. Oh, you know, be with me, and we can do. And he, you know, she's trying to manipulate him, and he like pushes her away, and she's like, no, and he runs off. He goes he goes off to uh, the the nearby lake to you know wash up. He needs to be alone. Yeah. And the daughter. And Matahachi come back, and she claims that Takezel tried to rape her, and that she, she you know she threw him out. She, she she fought him off and threw him out. And we have to go to the city now and convinces uh, Matahachi to come with them, even though he's supposed to go back home to his his wife to be and his mother. Yeah, it's kind of a sucker isn't Yes. Is. And she and you see how she manipulates him cuz she's like, "Oh, you're not like him. You're kind and gentle. You you can come with us and take care of us." And again, that's like the opposite that the opposite point she was making to to, to, to Kezo. So, Yeah. So that's says so, and they kind of leave out the movie there's one scene with them kind of on the on the journey where like some bandits attack them and they kind of like together fight them off but it's kind of like a really pathetic victory where they just kind of barely barely do it where he's kind of not really doing very well the the widow probably does more more damage than anyone uh with yeah a he, he 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 does grab one of the swords and he's just slashing wildly yeah like, just swinging like you know he's, he's got nothing because I actually thought after that scene we weren't going to see them again. There's one scene towards the end, yeah. just just to remind us. Okay, these characters are still in play. Yeah. they're still but doing yeah. something.
1: That that is there where he kills him. He kills the guy uh, with the sword. He slashes him in the back. Yeah. Uh, by the water. But again, it's just, it's just at a distance. You know, he's done it, and he's horrified with himself afterwards.
0: Yeah, that's you know he was pulled into this. Arguably, you know, um, was you know convincing him of to come. Because because that's the thing. This this he seems so happy like together. Like you know because he, after he asks him at the tree at the start he goes to Arthur and he's like oh if i if i went away for like a year would you would you wait for me and she's like of course i would but you're not going right and he's like well well, you know <laughs> T- well, we'll see the Takezo kind of wants me to go and uh, there's that scene where Takezo's leaving to go to war and he shows up and they're so happy they're the proper best friends they're so happy they're going to go together he's he's, he's not yeah. going alone he's, he's 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 so cheery about it um and now you know when, when Takezo comes back and he finds the house empty He's like, "Damn you! Like, that da- damn you, Matt what, 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 have you done? Your, your, your mother, your, your, your wife to be, you've left them, and uh, they're off together. So, and that, you know, so, so, they've left the movie basically. all in one scene at the end, they've left the movie. And uh, it's now to Kezo, who comes back to the village, and at this point, it's been taken over by the the winning troops. And he's like an outlaw, and he's basically like they know he's in the town, and they keep trying to find him, and he's ducking and diving, and he tries to speak to Otsu. And also, you know, we had one scene with her earlier, but this is where she kinda of becomes one of the most important characters of the film where, like we said, she's kinda of the eyes for the yeah. audience. She's kinda of like the, the the conduit. And she kinda of meets him, she's kinda of scared at first. And you know, because the story here is that Matahachi died. And Takez was like, No no no, that didn't happen. He comes and tells the you know the, the mother and Otsu, No, he's not he's not dead. he's he, he's, he's out there, he's fine. And they say okay, where is he? And he's like, I can't tell you that because he feels too bad about telling them about what he's done. Like that, he's yep. le- left with another woman basically. He he, he doesn't, he's not willing to say that. Uh, and of course, later on, we get a we get a letter. Like the, you know, the the widow sends a letter to her. It's like, oh, I heard you know he talk, spoke spoke about you and your and his dreams and his sleep. So I'm just sending you a letter. I'm married to him. Let him go. Bye bye now. Is basically something she sends later. that confirms it's, uh, it's everything. It's pretty cold. Yeah, but so everyone's hunting him, and, and Otsu clearly cares about him and doesn't want. And ultimately, like, this goes on for a while. They, they, like, they, they get the villagers, they're, they're all like, oh, every, everyone has to send two people from their family to come and help hunt this, hunt them. And it's, you know, it's a lot of game of cat and mouse, a lot of sneaking around bushes, all that kind of thing. It's a really fun part of the movie. I think this is where the, is, the real yeah. strengths of the, 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 the flow come from, is this part of the movie. But eventually we, we meet this priest character. We we've seen him once or twice, like sort of briefly, with it's Otsu. Been around, yeah. But he he comes because uh, he actually stops a scene where she's almost assaulted by this sort of samurai, one of the one of the guards mm. who, who wants to like have, have his way with Otsu. And he kinda like you know, is just there to sort of like, hey there's someone watching, stop it. And you know, uh, so 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 we get a sense that he's a good person, right? We get we get that yeah. kind of early. Uh, but he's like, okay, all this hubbub over one person, I'm, I'm going to go out and find them myself. And Otis is like, oh, I'm coming with you. So they go, they go out and just go camping, basically, in the forest. And basically the fire and the smell of the food kind of attracts Takezo in. He's just like, okay. Yeah, and, and it's when he just sees him in the bushes and he's, he calls out to him. it's like, hey, you know,
1: come on, it's cool, we're cool. And, you know, she's like, who, who are you talking to? Is there, is there someone else invisible here that I'm not seeing? So look over there by that bush.
0: It's like, oh! <gasps> <laughs> yeah it's just just there yeah uh, and he comes out and he, they feed him uh, I really wanted some rice after I was watching this by the way he was just like downing rice into his mouth I'm like I could go for some rice um, I for anything to be honest I'm pretty hungry yeah that's true I, I'm, you know I'm quite fond of rice a lot of people think rice is a boring thing I'm a, Rice, I find eternally shoving uh, my face a bowl nah no,
1: see I, I need something with rice like it's it's got to have something in it oh a bit of a sauce sure yeah, but no, not just a sauce. I need like some meat, some veg, something in
0: with it. Like it, it can't
1: be just rice.
0: Oh, I mean, obviously, I'll have that. Off, you know, when I've got rice, I'll often have it with something. But I don't need to. Like, like I can just have some rice and sauce. I'd just be happy.
1: <laughs> nah, I get, I, I get bored of it about, you know, four or five mouthfuls in. Oh no!
0: I whenever I get like a Chinese, I always get an extra batch of rice just so I can sit and have the rice later for a snack. Madness. I love it. It's great. It's my favorite part of the Chinese. The meat's just there because I'm supposed to have meat in my diet. But the rice is the, <laughs> the rice and the sauce is the real, the real temptation.
1: Oh, the meat's the best bit. <laughs>
0: I mean, uh, the, the sauce obviously that's what makes it.
1: But that's because of the flavor more. than Yeah, anything else. yeah. But the, the meat over the rice. Yeah, because I mean, chicken still just chicken essentially. It, it, you know, the rice is the bit that fills you up. The chicken's the bit that, that makes the meal. Like the rice is just yeah. Here's the padding that you know, will actually
0: give you the. Sometimes you'll, patterns, you'll, you'll stop being it, hungry. It's the same with uh, mashed potato and gravy. Like the other thing that there is just there because it's supposed to be on the meal. But the mashed potato with the gravy is my favourite part.
1: <laughs> Fair
0: enough. I don't know. I'm weird. Like I'm like I'm really fussy with food, and I have some really weird likes and dislikes. And that's just.
1: I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm am a big fan of, of mashed. I'm more of a fan of mashed potato and gravy than I am of rice. I could you know, you I got roast dinner in front of you. I'm quite happy to have a a huge portion of mash. Absolutely. But you know, rice has to be in proportion to, to the sauce and the meat. You can't overdo it. Yeah.
0: Anyway, uh, so point is, him shoving the rice down his face was making me hungry.
1: But I can't argue with that.
0: But yeah, so he's like, hey, if you tie yourself into me, I you know it won't be just the the like, the soldiers like you know putting you through a quick trial and executing you or anything like that. You'll be treated mm-hmm. properly, and. You know, it's, it's maybe not clear the first time you watch it, but certainly, like, he's got an emotive fear Like, the the, the the priest is up to something. He's got an idea. And he ends up, like, tying him up, a, up in a tree and ho- hoisting him up, right? And he's just, he's hanging on the tree, and, like, the yeah. kid was just shouting, and screaming, ah, oh, you bastard priest, like, you said Let you going to do down. things properly. Yeah. And he's up there for days, there's kids sewing stuff at him. There's a whole thing. And it's a bit of an endurance test, and the priest seems to, like, no, 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 he needs to stay up there for X amount of time. And we don't really know why, but... He he wants them to stay up there for X amount of time, and it, you get the impression it's not just punishment. But there's more to it than that. No, it's it's bringing humility. Yes, uh, and eventually Otsu is so so like hurt by seeing him like this that she has to cut him down to the point where she, on her own, like lowers him with a rope, and it cuts all her hands up with the rope. Yeah, and you know, because later on, this is this is kind of what gives him his like hero's turn where no, no, she saved me, I have to protect her and save her now. Because, you know, they run off together, and they're very quickly, like, you know, jumped by a lot of guards who, like, find them, and uh, you know, it's a bit of a fight, and she gets dragged off, and he's like, fighting off, and he's like, streaming her name. And, because it's the first moment, because up until this point, every single person who's tried to be kind to him, he's kind of like, oh, get away from me, stop stop pestering with your, your your stupid human emotions. But when her hands are bloody, and he's like, you know, he's, like, oh, no. he feels bad. Yeah, he rips up, you know, the our, our shawl, and he's like, oh, I'm going to start wrapping you up, and, you yeah. know, he's, he's taking care of her. Um, and he again once again he's, he's taken and, in the, and once again the priest is the one who gets him and he's put in, a, in fact no, he gets away admittedly and he tries to like rescue because he thinks Otsu's been kidnapped she's she's in prison inside the temple and he's climbing up the side and the priest just kind of comes out and is like yeah, what are you doing there because <laughs> he's he's like, hanging on the wall he's yeah. like I have to save her she saved me I need to save her it's like no nah, like, come on come in I'll show you like, that's not that'll be silly yeah. And he basically leads him to a, a room, like in a sort of attic room up these stairs, and then locks him in. And he's pissed. He's like, Oh, you trapped me in here, you priest bastard. I fall again. for it again. <laughs> yes. And there's like a lot of books in here. There's like stacks and stacks of books. And he's like, Once you've mastered those books, I'll let you out. And he's like, Okay. What's, what, you know, like. And you kind of get the impression here that, okay, he wants him to learn something. This isn't just punishment, he wants him to learn.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, we see him go to Otsu, and Otsu's just got like a little job. She's, you know, by this, she's maybe away from the town. You know, from before, yeah. but she's at, at this little bridge, this little shop. Uh, he just explains to her, okay, this will probably take years, but he, he's he's in the temple. He, he's 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 learning. He's learning to be better. And basically, what the priest is doing here is he wants, yeah, humility. He wants to uh, teach him respect. Because uh, before he wanted to be a samurai for for the glory, and now he's actually studying what the what to be a samurai actually means and what it actually is. Uh, it's it's all just kind of a test to to turn him into a better person and a better samurai. Uh, and we actually skip uh, what turns out to be three years later at the end of the movie, where he is now he looks older. He's got like a proper he's got a proper set of swords, and he's you know the the the, the I don't know, but the not the emperor, but the the general, the lord of the, yeah, the, lord of, the of the town or whatever. Is like, oh, you want to be my 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 samurai, my agent? Uh, he, he wishes to and, but he's like I'm not ready yet and he, he says that like, he, you know, again he's got humility he's like I, I'm not ready yet though. I, I have to continue my training but to continue my training I have to go out and, and you know walk the path and like, yeah. actually do things out in the world which is you know, setting up the second movie where he's going to be out you know doing things in the real world mm. as an amateur samurai uh, and they agree and he's leaving and he wants to go and see Otsu and he's told not to like, the, the priest is like no no if it's just to thank you for saving your life then sure But I suspect there's more to it than that. Yeah. So if there's more to it then don't do it. If it's just to thank her then sure go do it. But it's on your conscience. So he actually walks past where she is, and he he's not intending to go speak to her, but he kinda just stares long enough that she can't help but notice him. And she ends up running up, and we get this this heartbreaking scene where she's like, "No, let me come with you. Like, know, I don't care where you're going. I won't be a hindrance. I'll stay behind. If I am a problem, just leave me somewhere." <laughs> like, she's determined to come with him. Like, and as much as the dialogues maybe a little on the cheesy side because it's kind of old school, and like, oh, you know, yeah. oh, I'm betrothed to you, and I love you forever, and is you know, there's all these big statements the actual emotion of her growing attached to him you know with with her husband being gone thinking he's dead then finding out or their fiance i should say finding he's thinking he's dead then finding out he's actually married to someone else she's just been betrayed by him growing attached to him and him actually trying to save her and trying to be there for her you get the connection between them and they both care for each other you know he he's the hardened shell that was kind of eventually beaten down to yeah. to actually you know accept her and She's like, please wait for me. And he kind of just nods. Eventually, and she, she she turns around like five times, and says, "Wait," I need going go and get my stuff to come. But wait, I'll come with you right now. But wait, and you you know that he's probably not going to. You yeah. can see it in his face. Uh, I love it. It actually cuts to a shot of the uh, the seaweed just kind of yes. flowing in the, in the river. And my favourite part of it, it was um, it it called back to a shot earlier on, just not too long ago in the movie. There's a there was like a row of uh, men in the water. And I think they were washing like some long fabric, but they were kind of it was it was kind of snaking the the, same motion. Yeah, it was the same thing. It was all these lines of waves, but again, it was colourful. It was like you know, one was red, one was blue, whatever. And it was very much um, you know all these things flowing together but being still apart, and it was just kind of like thematic for what was going on. I was like, oh, it's kind of neat. I like it. And yeah, and he leaves, and he just leaves a he carves a message into the into the uh, the railing. Yeah, the bridge. The bridge. It just says "forgive me," and she's left on. And I actually feel bad. I'm like, oh like, you, you, I, I think you leave this movie really wanting them to have a happy ending.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we got two
0: more. We do have two more, but I think you really do want them to have a happy ending. And we get the final shot of him walking out into the into the world as yeah. a samurai, as the as the main theme cranks out. Um, and we should go back and talk about the the final scene because obviously we get a scene with the widow uh, Madahachi and, and Akimi. The, the you know after the after the time jump uh, yes. where they are now. They're in this in the city and um basically that it seems like they're trying to sell off the daughter as a wife to, mm. to become rich. Um, and the widow's having an affair and treats Madahatch like shit. Like he, he's treated like this this just you know property. To to be expected really. G- get yeah, given the setup with her character and how she treats everyone. Yeah. Um so I mean I, I know kind of you know what this leads to so I'm I'm not going to say too much on it <laughs> for, you know yeah. for spoilers sake but uh, it was just interesting because again this was clearly this is stuff for next time this is stuff for down yeah the road. I will say
1: it's it's almost stuff I could have a, a slight problem with this and you know the the basically the the, the two or three scenes with them after Takiza leaves them mm. is it's I let slide because I know it's a trilogy whereas. It, you know, for this movie, it doesn't actually serve much of a purpose anymore because it's not its its not having any bearing on his story. But it's something that I'm like, okay, I'm sure this has something to, to play into later.
0: It's a serialized story. I i think ultimately you have to accept that and know it, that you know this is part one of a three-part thing, so I think you just have to accept it. Because, I mean, it's not like they go back to them a lot. There's only two scenes with them. There's one on the beach and then there's this there one at yeah. the end. Um, And I think... I don't know if he did the first one, Metal in the beach. Um, It, you know, it does a lot for Madahatchi's character, and you know, to it who does, he yeah. is. So that, that's the thing.
1: It's it's good for him, but again, he's he's not the focus of this movie. He's not. It's he's not. not. Like, it's not really his story. So
0: it's why it feels a little weird to have that. But I I think the scene at the end is is almost the equivalent of the uh, the Marvel post credit scene. It's there's the here's it kind of is, here's, yeah. here's what's coming next time. This is relevant for the future. Uh, it's just to remind you as well because because if you hadn't had this scene, you wouldn't have seen them for like the last forty minutes. Like you know the yes. you know the, you'd, you'd maybe be forgiven for forgetting them. Had had we not had this you, scene at you the would. End, to I, you. I
1: think you know they these scenes only are there to just be like hey these are going to be around the next movies right? Otherwise. They would bow out when they do because they're not really relevant for the rest of this movie. They kind of, you know, they're they're not part of this journey. So I think they are there just to to keep them in your mind.
0: Yeah. So that's why I think it's a, it's it's not a valid criticism because of what of what the movies trying to do.
1: Okay. I, I think it's uh, I think it's fine as a trilogy, but I think it does slightly take away from them their purpose in this particular movie. But it, but as a trilogy though, yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's you know, like I say, you, I'm judging it on both. There's no point in judging it all. Both It's a sort of a yes, trilogy. There is. I mean, yeah, but uh, you, know, it, it, I think even even a trilogy, you you want to sit down and watch just this movie, especially the first movie of a trilogy, which usually has its own you know thing. It, it's sketchier when you get beyond that
0: Well, but here's the thing though this movie is actually really well-rounded and tells a story that has a finish i i I don't think this feels unfulfilling at all no i agree that's that's why this sticks out to me because it's the only element in the script that does feel like that oh yeah this is because it's a trilogy no but i I think that's okay because it is just the once like it's not littered with these little things that don't get paid off it's just the one thing that's just that that one dangling thing to oh, sort okay. of keep me going for next time, so I, I think it's a bit unfair to judge it like that because it isn't, you know, because because it isn't a single movie; it's part of a trilogy. Um, the first one should probably be the most standalone out of a trilogy. Like, I, I like I would never tell anyone to watch Back to the Future Part Two without watching Part One. No, there's no, no point. No, I, I think almost every
1: trilogy that I can think of, the first movie kind of stands on its own, right?
0: Yeah, the, for the most part. Yeah, it's very rare that they don't. Lord of the Rings, not so much, but yeah.
1: That's that's one of the rare ones that doesn't, yeah.
0: Yeah, doesn't stand up when you put all three of them together. To be honest, but
1: (laughs) you know, one day, one day.
0: (laughs) They walk a lot when you put them together, but they don't stand up much.
1: (laughs) Oh, one day.
0: I'm saying it right now. The Samurai Trilogy is better than Lord of the Rings. Fight me. (laughs) Go on, I dare you.
1: See, I I can't argue. I've only seen one. That's Uh, not. I
0: don't mean you. I mean, I mean the people. (laughs) I mean the
1: world. Yep. All right.
0: Fine. Fight me. I might fight you at the end though,
1: because I do, I do really love Lord of the Rings.
0: And that's the thing. He changes his name at the end. He's, he's named, you know, he's not T'Chazo anymore. He is Masashi Miyamoto. That is now his name. So, yes, I, I, and I love that that it's called that, and the whole movie like Who's this Masashi Miyamoto? He's not popped up yet, but no, that's what he becomes. That's his name. Now he's a samurai. That's yeah. I, like, I like that one. It's smart. And you know, he gets at the end when he, he's going out in the world, and he's
1: like, no, no, okay, that's not who I am anymore. Essentially.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there'll be lessons to learn as we go as well. Like, sure, the, the priest is saying, we'll let the past be the past. You know, cut it off and be this new person. You've been reborn. But I, I think there'll be an acceptance of, no, part of what got me here is still part of who I am and yeah. like what made me who I am. And I have to acknowledge that. Just, just because I'm cutting cutting off the, the, the weaknesses of my past doesn't necessarily mean that everything in the past was worth cutting, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, so. No, no, I'm with you. So, so there's definitely more to, more to do with that. And I, I think... I think we have some really strong characters. I really like uh, Miyamoto. I I like uh, Madahachi for what he is. Uh, not so much that I like him as a person, just as a character. I like him. Yeah, you like his, his purpose yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Otsu as well, I actually think because it, it, at first she's kind of just the the very innocent, uh, like innocent, you know, scared, worried, like you know, yeah. wife, but almost damsel. Yeah, damsel. Yeah but over the course you kind of and obviously we're in a world here where that's just kind of how the, the men and women are unless you have a really stylized movie where they, they want to make like a badass female samurai typically that's just how the women in these movies are treated because that's just kind of of the time
1: yeah it's the assumption that's just how it was
0: but you know I'm sure there were exceptions even at
1: the time but you know across the board
0: um so but it's nice that over the course of the film she makes even though she still makes the grand gestures in the same way um I, th- I still think you you do end up rooting for her, because I, I think she's the heart of the movie in a lot of ways. um. So, so no. Uh, but no, it, it leaves me pumped for the next one. And I presume that it won't be too long before we do the second one, because I, I don't think we want let the memory fade too much before we get to No, it. we'll do it reasonably soon, I'm sure. When, yeah.
1: whenever, whenever the next appropriate
0: slot. Yeah. Within a couple of months, I think, is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so... So no, samurai one uh musashi miyamoto um anything else you want you had connor no i think we covered it um
1: I, I i was i was surprised maybe by the the lack of action given that you know this is you know it's a samurai movie it's in the title hmm. and it's it's actually quite restrained in that area
0: yeah actually i think it's really fun but like i say it's more the cat and mouse stuff that i really no, no into, that wasn't yeah. a
1: criticism it was more yeah. just uh it surprised me based on expectation. Because, I think it's you know, because
0: he's not a samurai yet.
1: He's not. No, yeah. like I said, I I, went just, I didn't realize it was the origin story until I, you know, started watching it, and it became clear.
0: Yeah, because uh, it's worth mentioning the next two. Are, you know, are both called Duel at something. There's you know, Samurai Two Duel at Ichi Jojo Temple. Oh, that may be the third one. No, that's the second right. one. The third one is Samurai Three Duel at Ganrayu Island, if I remember correctly. Right. Uh, but you know, they both have duels. so they're, they're both mo- sequels. Build up to like this is the duel that the right. film has been building to. Um, so, so, no. I'm excited to step back in. I, I do remember uh, how the trilogy ends, more or less. Uh, but I am hazy on a lot of the, the middle stuff and how it gets there. So I'm excited to dive back in and kind of discover. But I remember... I remember liking them both. So I'm looking forward to, to getting back to yeah. them. Um, and in fact, in my rating on this, mate, I went up a little bit since I last watched it. I, I think mm, it holds up. I'm, I'm happy that on a second viewing I'm like no this this is just as solid if not better than it was the first time <laughs> uh, so with that said what would you rate it out of 10 I think I'm going to give it
1: a, a 7.5 I think it's very good Ooh.
0: but it's one of those that again
1: once I see the full story and I see where it's going I feel like this that, 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 that could get bumped up
0: interesting because uh, I originally gave this an 8 okay and I'm actually going to go as high as a 9 now okay I was, I'm really into this. I, as soon as it started, the music playing, I feel like this gets all the elements right in such a way that it feels at like the start of this epic journey, and it pull it pulls me in. Like you know, the, the visuals are great, the music's great, the characters are interesting. Uh, the, 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 the fact that it takes its time building to who he becomes, he's not there yet, uh, is fascinating to me. Um,
1: no, I, I do really like it. Seven point five, still. Uh, you know, I, I like yeah. this quite a lot.
0: So, yes. Um, this is up there in trilogies. once we're finished rewatching it all for the show, whenever we get to the third one, um I'll I'll be reassessing where where it ranks in my movie trilogies. Oh, uh, you've so got a list for that, haven't you? Oh you know I've got a list. And guess what's not at the top?
1: Which one are you going with? <laughs> Either. Neither of them at the top.
0: <laughs> uh, I know, I know, but which one were you going with for the joke? Whatever well, one you said. It was foolproof. <laughs> You could have guessed Star Wars. You could have guessed Lord of the Rings, and both would have been correct. They, they would have. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I'd have to give some thought. Actually, I've forgotten what I'd what I'd put at the top trilogy. I'd have to go and give it some give it some musings because there's some tri- there's some like franchises where even though it goes beyond the original trilogy, it's that still feels like a trilogy. So you, I'd still call it a trilogy. But then there's somewhere I wouldn't like Alien 3 is not a trilogy because it's you know it's a quadrilogy <laughs> basically. It is, yeah. That feels like a set of four. It doesn't feel like it was a trilogy then there's more movies later. But there's Jurassic Park still a trilogy and then Jurassic World, presumably, will also be a trilogy. And then maybe it will be another yeah. trilogy and so on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right. same goes for, like, Star Wars.
0: Oh, obviously, but that's, I mean, that's referred to as trilogies. That, that... No, it is.
1: You no, know, I'm just, you know, on that line, it's it sets of trilogies.
0: Yes. And obviously, Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, they, you know, although uh, Hobbit shouldn't uh, have been a trilogy. What should not have been, yeah. no.
1: I, I will defend Lord of the Rings to my dying breath, but... You can you can throw the Hobbit under a bus. I'm all right.
0: Well, about a lot, maybe Pacific Rim could be a trilogy. <laughs> I'm mm, hoping. It's hoping. <laughs> Might be a long shot. People will shit over those movies, but those movies know exactly where they are and they just have fun.
1: Yeah. P- I, I saw um, I saw the, the Honest Trailers guys did um Pacific Rim Uprising. Oh.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, just like the other day, I think uh, I saw it like yesterday, and uh, they were like, "Yeah, we haven't got enough to say about this one on its own, so we paired it with Tomb Raider." from From this year, okay. and the parallels are uncanny when they when they line them up.
0: Interesting. Um, fair enough. Uh, I like to think that's just because the trailer was already pretty honest. Therefore, there was nothing to nothing nothing to make fun over, dissect. Um, I'm not a big honest trailers guy. If I'm honest, the the humour never I, hit I with can me.
1: take a leave them. Sometimes I really like them. Other times I'm like, yeah, whatever.
0: I feel like it's a step over the line like, I feel like on YouTube there's a line where you become almost too professional where you feel too slick and it's kind of off putting to me <laughs> I like a bit of a homey vibe yeah yeah. what you're doing there is you're just putting in a reason
1: for us to never get too good looking you're like it's fine we don't have to put in that much work I'm not worried about I you like getting good looking well. Yeah, I was waiting for that. As soon as I said that, I was like, I can see this coming. I thought maybe if I kept talking long enough, you'd, mm-hmm, you'd no, move on to something no, else. No, no, I wasn't letting that go. D- w- dragging it back.
0: I was not letting that go. No, you were that not. That was too easy. That was too easy. It was. Um, no, you like a homie vibe. I I feel like you want know, you want to feel kind of professional. You want you want to say things properly, but at a point, like you just feel like a shell. You feel like a a, a corporate shell. Too, too
1: corporate.
0: Yeah. And I I don't I never want to go that path. I I will never promote something without a, a, at least a, a tinge of the irony where I know I'm promoting something, so therefore I'm I'm making fun of it as I do it. You know, there's always that voice, there's always that you know, check it this thing that we do voice. Sure. Yeah. going to go
1: back and check every time you ever said that
0: no you're too lazy um, so am too lazy <laughs> so that's that's samurai one uh, Musashi miyamo uh, it, it is it is it is a very good um samurai film and uh, finally enough the the vote uh, that will be done by the time this goes up on patreon uh, early is actually for a Kira Kurosawa film, so some of those are samurai films as well. So you may be getting another samurai film of some kind next month, depending on what wins that vote. So we'll see, we'll see what it is. But uh, that does wrap up this episode of Influx. So yeah, if you've seen the movie, by all means, let us know what you think. Um, do go tracking down the film. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, get us on Patreon.com as we mentioned a couple of times. Uh, Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV. You get these Influx episodes a week early uh, at the lowest tier. There's also higher tiers, of course, uh, where you get some various things. We mentioned the 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 extra 1, 121 extra episode which is going to be once a month starting this month and that is at the three dollar tier there's voting rates at the five dollar tier and if you don't want to do any of that if, if you can't do any of that you don't need to feel bad you know comment like subscribe you know watch the ads on youtube all that stuff does help all of this all of this valid support my tv's turning off so i'm trying to i'm trying to fix that well can tell you you talk. suddenly just lit up Do you know what, it's a really big bright box that appears on my TV when it's going to turn off. Yeah,
1: see, mine does it, it's a little black, it's just a black box in the middle.
0: Yeah, this takes up like a a good sixth of the screen.
1: That is a bit extreme.
0: And it's a 46 inch screen, so it's quite a big chunk. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it is pretty big.
0: Anyway, uh, so yeah, so do all that stuff. Uh, Thank you very much for, for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. And we'll see you next time.